0: This is a Saddleback Church podcast.
1: Hey, welcome to Weekend to Workplace. My name is Mark Brunden, and I am your host of the show today. It's on the show that we share the stories of faith and work, and how they integrate together. You know, today I'm really looking forward to this conversation because uh, I'm I'm speaking with Carla Rivera. And Carla is really more of a Renaissance woman. She's got some amazing things to be able to share with us today. She's had a 23-year career in sales, sales training, and in business development, academia, entrepreneurship, marketing, consulting, and in all of that, 11 of those last of uh, those years have been in the tech industry. Now, Carla currently works as the head of strategy and planning for customer experience global enterprise segment at Cisco building the organizational strategy for the segment that serves the largest clients globally just to give you an idea the global enterprise segment makes up about 20% of Cisco's total revenue so it's my pleasure to say hey carla welcome to the show so glad that you're part of this
0: oh thank you so much i'm so grateful that you invited me thank you so much mark for having me
1: you know in just in that short run through you know you've been able to achieve so many things but right now you're currently the head of strategy and planning for customer experience global enterprise segment at cisco for those that that might not be familiar with cisco or might not be familiar with the description of your role in particular could you give us a uh, like a little bit more of a picture of what you currently do there at cisco
0: yeah absolutely so so customer experience is uh and within Cisco or really any SaaS company or software as a service. So I will not, I will try not to use tech acronyms on here. And if I do, I will try to delineate what in the world do they mean, right? Um so in customer experience and strategy and planning, really just to simplify, um so my responsibility is to run the strategy and planning of all global enterprise segment and customer experience, which is really our adoption and delivery. So you've got sales on the left-hand side, if you were looking at a racetrack, like a life cycle, um, and that's where we're increasing pipeline, we're acquiring the customer, we're trying to fill it, figure out their pain points, build the solution. And on the right side of, of that is really now we need to deliver this and we need adoption, right? So that the customer understands the value and value realization. Um, and then, of course, there is, you know, enterprise agreements and then there's renewals on that right hand side. So I um, ha- am so grateful to be able to contribute as uh, leading that strategy for GESCX, Um And what I do, you know, people, a lot of people are like, what is strategy? Right. And because I'm a nerd, I'm going to tell you (laughs) my very simple definition. Right. So it's really looking at all of our investments and our resources and all the things that make us very unique as a company and in our offerings and taking all of that in the optimized approach in order to obtain a competitive advantage or more market share. It's really that simple. Mm. Uh, So it's the how, even more simple (laughs) on how we do things, Uh, whether that's prioritizing and focusing on the right things. And so that's a little bit about what I do. And I am also the CEO of a company called American Tactical Defense um, that actually helps empower, um, whether it's teachers, or employers to mitigate um, whether that's their environment on workplace violence or active shooter. And then also what to do when one is happening in order to save lives and save children's lives as well.
1: Wow. Oh, well, thank you for your service in that way. Uh, in, in terms of just being able to yeah build out a company that is empowering people to create security and safety for the ones that they care for. and. And the individuals they're entrusted with so that's that's amazing that you not only are there at cisco but also uh run this business That's uh I, I, what i'd like to do right now is i think it's always really helpful to go back into somebody's story we'll get back to cisco but before we go there and to draw out some of what god is doing in that place is is to talk about your story of origin you know where you came from i think when we look at somebody's background it gives us such a, a great picture into who people are and what has gone on in their life. And when we hear, you know, what the stories are that, that God starts to bring out, we can then make the connection. Oh, I think the foundation for those things that God is teaching today has really been laid in those early formative years that we've had. So we'd love to hear where did you grow up?
0: Yeah. So I grew up actually in Whittier, California. Uh, so um grew up there and and I think probably moving fast forwarding into Um, when I became a Christian, uh, really, I guess I'll, I'll tell you leading up since I was nine years old, I played fast pitch softball. And so here in Southern California, it is very competitive, um, and it's a lot of fun, but I have been playing since I was nine years old. And so that was a really amazing time with my dad and my parents, and we spent a lot of time together, um. I happen to be a pitcher, so that takes even extra time, and uh, the reason I'm telling you about sports is because that was such a big part of my life, uh, again, since I was nine, and I knew that at 12 or 13, I made up my mind that I am going to get a D1 full scholarship somewhere to play softball, right? And so that was, as you can imagine, part of my identity, uh, so not just being an athlete, but also being the best athlete and um and also being a leader on, on these teams. Um, and so as I continued to grow up, I I I did actually accomplish that. So thank God that he allowed me to <laughs> to uh, get a scholarship at Oklahoma State University. And that was really great because I wanted to leave California. I always wanted to experience, a town that had all about the college and uh Stillwater Stillwater Oklahoma was that fantastic school had so much fun i will say that it didn't go without struggles um but in retrospect of course as christians we think about if i didn't go through these growing pains i wouldn't be who i am today and it was just a transformation from the lord so unfortunately um, about six months into um, my first year, 1200 miles away, if you, you know, as you can manage as an 18 year old kid, um, my coach, unfortunately, was very abusive. And um, it was something that I it wasn't just me that experienced it. Um in fact, you know, Oklahoma State. And, and thank God that they made the right decisions. It happened over and over to a couple of other uh, athletes. And so, of course, they replaced her. So so there's a, a, a good ending to that story that it didn't have to happen anymore. But it was, it, it was um, a really trying experience for a few reasons. One, of course, you're far away alone, <laughs> 18, never been away from home, um, trying to perform your value. At this point, I wasn't a Christian. So my value was in my identity as a, as an athlete, that was my worth and my value. And part of the abuse there was actually that even though the trainers and the doctors were explaining to the coach that I need to stop or I need to rest, she continued to play me. So unfortunately I had an injury where I was not able to play the following year. So I only played for the first year of my college career. And of course that was absolutely devastating, but God, right? So he had a plan and um, there is the Fellowship Christian Association of the FCA. So I was involved with them and there was a pastor that was a really supportive pastor. I believe um, it was a Southern Baptist church pastor He was very involved with FCA and he really helped me to think about my value and my identity in Christ and who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, as I learned and and seeked him, and of course, devastating time in my life, you know, I'm hurt, I'm confused. What am I going to do? Are they going to take away my scholarship, et cetera, et cetera? All of those things um, the Lord was working, uh, to say to me, and you know, when you're a young Christian, you hear, you're just so in tune, right. With the Lord. It's just such an interesting time where you just feel fired up and you, and you just are so, so in tune with the Lord, but it was a, it was actually a really special time where he was saying to me, Carla, you are a child. You are my child. Your value is absolutely not in the games that you win, the athlete that you are. I made you these things, and these are gifts to glorify me. But what you're doing, whether benowing or unbenowing is you are making softball an idol. And I will not have an idol before me. And so I remember praying and praying and praying, asking him to please let me, you know, please heal me, please allow me to play, please, you know, et cetera. But, um, but, you know, it was taken away from me and it was honestly the best thing that could have happened because what the story really is that God refocused all of that motivation drive And all the skills that I learned and he had me learned within sports and redirected into education, but in a healthy way, right? So first, putting him first and relying on him, relying on him in my studies and in my focus and having him inspire me through that. So him doing it through me. And that was just such an awesome because I never had an A. I've never had anything less than an A since I became Christian, quite frankly. (laughs) I couldn't say that before. I didn't care about education. I cared about playing softball and being an athlete. So that's a little bit about my story. And through that, um, again, I just I stayed at Oklahoma State. I graduated um, and we can talk a little bit through you know how i got through college and maybe the next that that's kind of the opening to the next career move but um but from a scripture perspective you know it reminds me of ephesians 29 two nineteen to 22 that talks about that we are fellow saints and members of the household of god um, that he's built those foundations for us and that christ jesus himself is the cornerstone Right. And that he is the structure and he is um dwelling in us. Right. So it's that's the identity that I want to have. And what a relief that my performance is to glorify God and not for the wrong reasons.
1: Marla, mm-hmm. thank you for that. I I I mean, for so many of us that are achievers or driven or are or, or passionate just for the things that we apply ourselves to so easily that becomes our identity and for that to be stripped from us to have those I mean how, how else <laughs> I think most of the time people have that confrontation when those things that they care so deeply about are pulled away from them and they're left thinking okay and what who am I this has been such a big part and for you to learn that lesson at a relatively early age and to be able to hopefully have that set your trajectory or inform the way that you worked in the future. Before we get into that, I'd love to have just a little bit of clarity when you're coming to faith. So was it in those college years through fellowship of Christian athletes, you came to college, not a believer. Was it through that hard time that you began to find faith because and find Christ because that that pastor that came and came alongside you.
0: It was only through that time. Um, Yeah. It had to be through that pain. In fact, as I said, I was begging him to not take it away, but the Lord knew that it had to be taken away Mm -hmm. and I needed to redirect my, and commit my life to him. And I am really thankful. Uh I'm so thankful. Not to mention that from a successful or prosperity, it was the right move. Softball wasn't going to take me where I wanted to go, but education was. (laughs)
1: So then you entered into a career in education coming out of college is
0: actually I didn't. So mm-hmm. my undergraduate. So during that time, you know, um, I had some of my scholarship paid for, but some of it wasn't. And so what was I going to do? Um, I had a full ride scholarship, but again, because I was hurt, et cetera, et cetera, I would just went ahead and and uh and started a business. And so this is where my entrepreneurship came days came. Um Because of Oklahoma State and because I won the national championship uh, within the US, people knew who I was. And so I started this coaching clinic, not only for youth, but also for coaches, especially dads, dads and moms to talk to them and share with them about this, a few things, one, how to coach your daughters, um, the right mindset and what they should have. Uh and I did definitely trickle in which was part of my ministry of do not have this be their all and only, right? You absolutely need to focus on education, on their spiritual and mental well-being and that their value does not come from winning a game, right? So, I had all of those um those conversations and coaching clinics and not bad for a part-time gig. I made 40 to 50 K a year wow. doing that. So it was really fun. Um, and, uh, I did that until I graduated. Wow. So college, and that was, it was a blast.
1: Wow. That's amazing. So you helped me move forward in, in how you found yourself in the tech industry. Was that, uh, from running the small organization that you founded and coaching and and working alongside parents for for their kids that are in sports to time at cisco what were some of the big milestones that that brought you there
0: yeah some of the milestones so gosh i went into as you said as you thanks for the introduction on i i really after that started in um sales uh with a big with a, actually a health a healthcare facility and then i went into apollo group which kind of got me into academia um, I ended up being like an admissions counselor. And as I was con- continuing my education with my master's in business, um, I ended up graduating and then being a professor for four years, right, with for um, Ivy Tech and a couple other colleges. So that was really fun. And again, so went into academia. And then, after that, I started doing some consulting, again, entrepreneur. um, and then I did some sales and sales training. So that was very that was just a a really great time in my life, especially early in my career, to have the confidence to be able to go out there and say, i can I can do this." Um, and I understand it. And so, um, did a little bit of that, did a little bit of consulting, and then went into the tech industry when I returned. To California. So I was all over the place. I went to Oklahoma, then I went to Indiana for my master's. And then I lived in Florida for a couple years and did some consulting there up and down the East coast. And then came back to California at about 29 years old. And this isn't the, I mean, ob- obviously I was talking to the Lord a lot at that time. And I went through um, just a really, again, another milestone of pain, you know, and these milestones, honestly, on purpose are not meant to be equal pain, but they just happen to be <laughs> these big career moves have happened with pain. And um, lo and behold, kid you not from 18, ex- age of 18 of I experienced that abusive coach to having an abusive relationship or being in one, unfortunately when I was 29. And so this is why I returned home and I actually needed about six months to literally just, it was so devastating to put one foot in front of the other. And quite frankly, I'm not even sure that I completely dealt with college and that abusive situation. Right. So it kind of hit me like a wave and the Lord really took me through a time of a hundred percent vulnerability I mean, probably the lowest time of my life. Um, And so when I came back, I can honestly tell you that I'm not sure I could put my left foot in front of the other. Um, So I needed six months, uh, did some, you know, obviously read the word, dove into church. In fact, this is how on the plane ride, coming back, getting away from that abusive relationship, um, I picked up the purpose-driven life. Mm And so that's how I got to know Saddleback Church. <laughs> and so it wasn't until another like year later um that I found Saddleback Church. And I, I believe that they were talking about the purpose driven life and it I connected the dots of <laughs> why the Lord put me um put me in that space. So on the yeah, so it took about six months to really get my he- my head wrapped around just healing. And so then I just started networking and connecting and using my LinkedIn network and talking to some alumni that were out here. And I thought, I mean, this is really how I picked it. The Lord was kind of like, you know, every time I would be in prayer, say, what industry, where am I supposed to go? What should I do? And it was very like, go for it. I got you go do that. Right. So my very first, my very first job, which again, looking back at, I, it was a little bit more out of desperation and I knew the CEO, it wasn't a tech company. And I went in, I think it was like 60 K a year. Or so I went in and, uh and I didn't, I didn't I don't remember praying or having confirmation from the Lord that I'm supposed to go in that direction, but out of desperation and vulnerability in my low moments up and down, as I was healing, I took it. And two weeks later, I was let go. Wow. (laughs) Devastated. Wow. (laughs) Yes. The first time I have ever been fired from anything. And it was because I didn't fit in with the group was the excuse. Um, and, uh, that was hard because I said, really God, like, I just came from an abusive relationship. I'm trying to get back my confidence and back on my feet. And really that's, what's going to happen. And so he just took me through gently. Honestly, it was gently. It reminded me of the story, um, of Uzzah and, and David and how they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And although David's intent and Uzzah's intent was good, the means wasn't right. They didn't obey and seek God's counsel first. There were laws in place, right. That to carry the Ark of the Covenant. And so if, for those that aren't familiar with the Ark, Uzzah and the Ark of the Covenant, um, I believe an oxen stumbled and Uzzah went to reach as they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And so it spurred God's anger. And- um, Uzzah is
1: the one that stopped it from falling or-
0: Exactly. The Ark
1: was about to to fall on the ground. He tries to hold it up. Yes. and, And that's when the Lord strikes him, kills him.
0: Absolutely. And so it seems harsh, but the reality was that David- did not inquire about the Lord, didn't follow the laws of how to carry. There were some very explicit instructions of who should be carrying the Ark of the Covenant, you know, all the things. So the intent, again, was good. Unfortunately, it's not about intent. And and I'll talk a little bit about this, about why I love strategy and approach and why it matters. It's because you can go in with good intentions, but it doesn't mean that it's the optimal way or the right way. Right. And so the story um, is the scripture really tells how the intent could be good. But the reality is that it's a wrong means. Um, And so similarly, I felt like God expressing this uh, to me again, slowly, softly. I I was in a very vulnerable moment and I just kind of, you know, he he strengthened me. And, um, and then I went off networking again for another few months and landed um, at, actually landed a kind of informational interview, a networking opportunity within LinkedIn. Like there was an alumni that knew the owner of this learning partner. It's a Cisco learning partner, um, so part of the channel. And so I met the CEO and had a job within 24 hours so that was pretty cool so that's how I landed in technology and and I did really just pick hey technology would be cool truly <laughs> it wasn't. It, I mean I felt like I inquired I inquired God and he just said look go for it right like go for it but seek me first right which I didn't do in the first one um and then he allowed me to um you know to to when I was offered the job, I came to him and asked. I did not do that last time. If this is the right role that I need to take, so I wasn't going to make that mistake again.
1: <laughs> it's like <laughs> and- it's like in that. The, the, what brought you into Cisco wasn't the Lord, like saying, "Hey, this is the job for you," or no. or, or the the aspirational or the desire yeah. just to be employed at that time was the same for both companies. But it was really that. Will you inquire the Lord in the process? That's what it sounds like. It that- did
0: it it's like will you check with me will you not just move on this and and those things matter and again as i think about my as we start talking about strategy and approach and the how i think this is why i love it because it's purposeful and it's biblical um and so when you're looking at it at a godly wisdom and a biblical worldview being obedient and how and your approach matters um and so Yes, so I inquired of the Lord. Um, I felt like it was okay to take the job, and I did. And nine months later, Cisco recruited me because we were so connected with Cisco as their learning partner, and one of the managers, um, who's now a VP of Transformation at Cisco, um, hired me. Um, with a, um, yeah,
1: you so at, at large companies that people work at not only is a large responsibility the the work that one is tasked to manage but also part of that is just the relationships that people are, are managing yes and do you find and so uh, is that true for yourself and what you know oftentimes those relationships some of the biggest struggles that we have in the work that we do comes out of the relational mess that we find ourselves in or just the challenges that we have in working with people so it has- I think,
0: yeah I think that's a That's spot on, completely spot on, Mark. Um, Two things. I was hired externally as an account manager with 250 accounts in downtown LA. So my life and focus was really on the customers. Um, I miss that so much. I can't even tell you. I love, love, love having relationships with the customer. It was fun. We had a blast. It's very, it's although there's politics involved it's just not like it is when it's internally facing right where you're seeing the same people all the time with customers it's just such a joy to just bring value to them and um, I think you got to love people right you gotta, if you're in sales you just got to love people and so that was a blast and it was exhausting but it was a blast and so I did that for a couple years and then I went um, into an a channel role which is now how do i help um how do i help this partner's business be prosperous and profitable and how do i help enable them you know to our cisco products and how do i help their ebitda you know um so it's really that was really fun again and almost and it's customer facing right so the partners are my customer Later on, I came into go-to-market strategy and then strategy and service provider and strategy like I am now. And it is very internally facing. And you grow a lot, though, through this, right? And so, yes, there is, at the end of the day, I'll say it is all about relationships and influence, Um, but you don't have to compromise, right? Right in my opinion, authenticity and consistency, even if right off the bat doesn't work, it will in Mm. the long, you know, but be definitely true to yourself. Um, but be consistent. Right. And so that just is going to come off of authenticity and you will know in time when people are authentic or if they're inconsistent. So, um, you know, again, all of these things that are in Proverbs (laughs) and all throughout the Bible are really just the godly wisdom that you see when you're assessing, um, you know, people, whether that's internally or externally, quite frankly, from the trust. Right. But I would say that you must completely be true to yourself. And this is where, um, I got involved in employee resource groups, and I really believe that those values are so aligned in making people, you know, ha- allowing people to be who they are authentically at work will truly not only help the business from an attract, attracting the best talent, retaining the best talent, but also you're helping the people be them be- their best selves mm-hmm. and Within that, it's going to be in turn higher performance, mm-hmm. right? So, her people, her people, but happy people <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> really drive performance for you in business. So,
1: <laughs> I have two questions on this. Yeah. One is on the importance of you know the that the employee resource group, uh, and and t- to elaborate some of the the themes that you're drawing out now. But you're involved in leadership in, in a couple of these groups. Can you explain that just so we have? more of a a background sure
0: sure. so employee resource groups um so what i think i kind of talked about like the mission of employee resource groups are really to attract retain um to develop and to have a sense of belonging um and it obviously helps with our diverse and competitive um uh, workforce um but i am on women of cisco uh america's i'm the chair chairwoman Co-chairwoman for that, and I, they are the largest employer resource group within Cisco, and we have the largest. Um, we have like about seventy percent of the members. So, so I I I do that. I've been doing. I have been in a leadership role within Women of Cisco for about seven years. So I've been there for quite some time, and I also um, am a founder of what's called Cisco for Christ, which is which was developed about four or five years ago. Um, with a friend that felt a calling, actually went to Saddleback back at the time as well uh, to open up this employee resource group. Um, And I think that it's amazing because, again, there is, how can I bring myself to work without my faith? I cannot, I cannot, you know, and and we shouldn't have to, quite Mm -hmm. frankly. Um, It is who I am, period, just because I don't constantly say Jesus, every other word out of my mouth, doesn't mean that I don't reflect and show it with the way that I act, show up and all of the fruits of the spirit, right? Um, And how you react to situations that are challenging, right? And how you um, still have joy and that you have faith in your ultimate provider, who is the Lord. Oh, and that is different, right? You react very differently in those situations. Um, I reacted very differently <laughs> with challenges today than when I did when I was 29, you know, and was fired for the first time ever. <laughs> so it's just different, right? As I've grown in my walk. And although I was Christian at that time, and yes, I was going through a hard time. And so there's a lot of different va- variables. Um the growth, right, and that pain actually helps me to even understand how steadfast God it God is, right, and that He is our cornerstone. He is the cornerstone.
1: That's so good. You you made the comment about bringing your your whole self to work earlier. You were also describing how Proverbs is a you know is the being consistent in our character. Although it may not seem like it pays off initially, but trust me, you say it will. So, how have you seen? um like that i I guess my question is is around bringing those two together you know do people know that you're a christian i mean you lead the the christians (laughs) fellowship so how has people knowing you as a christian impacted you know your 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 work life
0: yeah um so certainly with other christians christians have approached me um to you know, ask me questions of how I deal with things, or of course I pray with them and they feel like they, they feel like, Oh, this is so amazing. I didn't know that there was this group. Right. And it's, and it's really a group that is very encouraging and supporting. And we talk about scripture and, and we don't, it's not like everything is, um, is just, you know, happy scriptures. We, it's all the scriptures, right? That's <laughs> so we need to, it's, it, there's realistic scriptures, right? There's stuff that probably, um, touches some chords, right? Like when Proverbs, like when you're like, oh yes, you know, I did that. Or, um, this is a good word for me because I need to have, I need to, um, you know not sit in fear right or or whatnot so we, we do post it and encourage and we're supportive when we're there with prayer and it is not a place quite frankly of judgment um so i've had amazing experiences in that um and you know at, at the end of the day i've also ran into and had a couple conversations where um other communities or other people you just people i would say not necessarily attached to any other communities but just saying their experience um, and their poor experience that they've had with christians and and where it really comes down to is the church a lot of these stories are the church that they went to um you know um since we're human and unfortunately uh, messed up didn't do the right thing you know judge them um Maybe it was a, you know, within their church family, um, you know, wronged them somehow. um or and maybe, and a lot of times it's really just miscommunication of what the Bible really says, right? and and maybe, um maybe an experience that they had that that uh, they put their hope and faith on the people in the church and not on the Lord. And so when we think about church, right? When I say church, I'm talking about the church of Christ. I'm talking about you and me as believers. And I have to, I have to convey to them, I will a hundred percent fail you. 100%. If we are friends for even probably a few months, I will do something to irritate you. And I, you know, or something because I'm human right? So you don't put your faith in me to stop going to church because of that. Now, am I going to strive for perfection? Of course I am. Of course I am because I want to be obedient to the Lord and because I want people to feel loved. But the reality is that these things happen, you know, quite often. And what I have to convey in these instances is that our, the site was on the person within this building that we call church because we meet instead of the larger picture of saying, you're know that they're going to fail you and put your hope and your trust and seek the Lord. You must get to know him, right? And seek him um, and not put your hope and faith on not even a pastor, Sorry. Sorry, pastors out there. (laughs) Love you all, but we're also human. Right. And so if they fall, doesn't mean that Jesus failed you. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's really hard. And I'm, and I, and I just have to apologize to them that I'm so sorry, right. That they have pain from that. Um, but there is no, but, and, um, seek the lord understand that he will never fail you his word does never comes back void and understand and fall in love with the god that loves you and isn't just loving he is love because you're not going to fully understand that right through other with other people like you might experience it but it can't be on a hundred percent all the time. We will fail. So it's a hard lesson.
1: How much is the like pe- those kinds of conversations or it's almost like work is a ministry for you of how much is that on your mind? And how, when, as you approach work, what does that look like for you and yeah, the work that you do and one. the people that you're working alongside of?
0: It is an absolutely everything that I do. And I can tell you that when it is not on my mind and not on my, which means it's not in my heart, mm-hmm. I fail and I do not do well. Right. And even when I, even when I did approach it, whether it's a biblical worldview, whether it's in prayer of the approach that I'm supposed to take, all of the, the even when I fail, I noticed that goodness comes out of that, right? Sometimes even when I don't approach God, so that's just grace and mercy, you know, his grace and mercy. But many times it was like failing to do something better, right? When I said, Hey, God, didn't you say to do that? You told me to go in this direction, right? Or I thought you did. Maybe that was the burrito from last night. I don't know. And I thought it was you, right? (laughs) <laughs> it was more about but i'm pretty sure that was you god like i really felt that that was a direction and i thought you know i really you know i really trusted that this is the way it comes out better right so there was there's a purpose to that failure and i just can't see it um but absolutely in everything you do every decision you know we i think about the scripture of like you should be continuously in prayer that is not a, a you know an analogy for something like you are supposed to consistently be in prayer right so talking to god fluid conversation all the time right um and this is kind of like i'm circling back around into the strategy my strategy for work life all the things your strategy as a human being <laughs> how you show up is all embedded within who you are in the Lord and those values, right? All of those values. And so this is why I'm so, I think I was nerded out and I'm so fascinated at strategy. You know, Five years ago, the reason I got into strategy is because I was weak in strategy. I'm not saying that you should go and strengthen your weaknesses. I am not saying that, but I'm just saying for my um, walk with the Lord, I was really good visionary with entrepreneurship i'm really good at execution with sales right and 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 just doing all the things and the actions and the execution and for customers but i just struggled with that middle on the optimized approach right um and so i got a doctorate in it and i'm finishing up i'm still pursuing it i've got december 8th is my last course thank the lord yay good. and then dissertation um but i'm so, so, so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for Cisco for supporting me on that. Um, but it's in strategy. It's a doctorate of business and strategic leadership. And this is why I, I, I see that the Lord put me through this journey in strategy and it's fascinating And I see it everywhere biblically about approach. You know, we talked about David and, the Ark. you know, you can think about countless different scriptures that talk about approach like Job, right? And how his friends approached him and how it was great when he was, they were silent for seven days, great friends, right? Job had great friends. And then they started talking and judging and, you know, went the wrong way with good intent, by the way, wrong means right? Again. And so I see all of these things and the Lord just highlights all of these things biblically. And I get to, because I'm at Liberty University, I actually get to, you know, synthesize all of the research that I'm doing and then put a biblical worldview, you know, like in the, I I could put it intricate throughout the paper, but I also can do it just as, as a paragraph at the end. And I've learned so much and have grown so much about how fascinating it is. So your question really in the beginning was just to wrap that around is how do you show up, you know, with your faith in, in, at work. Right. And it's really in absolutely every, there is no delineation between work and personal and anything else that you're doing right at all. The strategy is Christ centered period. And you know, what I absolutely love about it is again, as i As I think about strategy, and it's so fascinating, um, when you haphazardly respond to doing an action because you think it's good, that is not the answer. (laughs) You better check yourself if you think it is. At the end of the day, the strategy or the optimized strategy that I have learned and again, continue to learn and grow. And of course, never ending is seeking the Lord first, putting him first, asking God to see, to show you what the right answer is and the right approach and the how in his eyes, not what we deem is good. And so I think that's the fascinating part regarding strategy
1: going back to that thought on consistency of our faith and you know there's no difference between you know who we are at church or in our work or in our home we're we're all like that one person and being consistent with that my question that i have for you is you know a lot of people when they look at succeeding in the marketplace it's a highly competitive environment and sometimes it looks like when we think about the fruits of the spirit meekness and gentleness and humility and self-control a lot of those seem like they are disadvantages in a competitive world rather than advantages. Or can you speak to that as as we want to have our faith lead the way that we work, but we also want to be successful. How can one be consistent in their faith, even allowing the character of Christ to lead us in that way?
0: Yeah. So first I'm going to distinguish successful biblically versus successful worldly. Um, It depends what you're going for. So I'll say this, but I will speak to it in biblical terms of success. Um, I would challenge that the happiest, most joyous people that I know are consistently authentic and who they are as a Christian, right? In their faith. And that is success. That is absolute success. That is prosperity, right? Um, To be able to show up that way authentically, and you're gonna be consistent because that's who you are. Again, is just going to make you a very successful person, anyway, and quite frankly, a light that attracts people to them, right? Um, and with that success comes, to your point, the fruits of the spirits, which is joy, right? Of who who doesn't want to see? There's happy, there's happy. I bought a car and I'm happy now for a minute, until the next one or breaks down. And joy that they see that they go, wow, this is sustainable even through the challenges. You know, how that person was able to understand that even though there's these layoffs, right, um, how they can be there for their employees or others um, to give them hope and not only to give them hope, but to actually do something about it and give them a reference and a recommendation, right? And do what you say you're going to do. So to me success is a good night's sleep. <laughs> right? That you know that you did what you can um and that you were and what you were called to do and you sleep really well at night and you are obedient and not worry, right? you don't have fear because you trust in the Lord and because fear is not of God. Those things are success, <laughs> right? And they can literally lead even to health benefits. So it just depends what we think is success. And yes, the Lord talks about prosperity even in material. So that is, that will come, there are that can come. And if it doesn't come, it's really not the focus as you know, <laughs> from a scripture perspective um and uh and so again similar to approach the 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 other part of that I want to say is I would also I would also say that to me there are a lot of these the like these worldly terminology that we identify as secular so to speak that are proven to actually bring success to people. A word like meekness. Mm-hmm. Meekness is simply power under control, right? For us as Christians, it's to give that power over and be um, obedient and be have self-control, right? And give that over to the Lord, right? Of what he wants us to do. That sounds a lot like emotional intelligence. That sounds a lot That's like true. being insightful, right? So I feel like just like science, everything is catching up from what we've studied, right? And all these focus groups and this, you know, all of all, all of these studies and statistics that we see as an environment of what does help with higher performance. You know why I love D E and I? And I know, Mark, that we've had this conversation before, because it's biblical. Like it's who doesn't like justice? Who doesn't like, you know, I mean, they're, they're like diversity that we all should be, we are all equal, right? We are, we, you know, we, we we're all equal. We should um, not be biased. We should not be prejudiced, right? All these things we should not favor, uh, you know, because someone, uh, and I'm trying to think of the exact scripture, but Mark, you could probably help me out here where you don't favor someone that, Ha, you know is is looks like they're you know unfortunately like they're poor or whatnot and you favor you know the 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 person that's well dressed and rich no the Bible talks about this right so no you don't do that you don't have that to buy so this is what I love about DNI I see incredible biblical values and so we're just get-
1: not not they don't know what DNI is can you just briefly dis- sure. dis- explain that or identify that
0: yeah yeah so diversity equity and inclusion um yeah. My analogy for diversity, equity, inclusion is, from a work perspective, this is how I this is how I again I like to simplify. So and I like being goofy. So forgive me in advance, but diversity is basically um, within teams or employees. Right, we want to see the full spectrum, like whether it's Latinx or you know African American, or um, if there's someone that has um, you know whether it's a disability or um, you know, or you know, think differently, right? Have different perspective, different experience, different ages, etc. So that diversity, I always think of the analogy of um, diversity is being asked to go to, to go to the party, right? So you're being invited. You're being invited to the party. Okay, so that's diversity. Equity is really about everybody having access. To be able to get to the party. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. And then the inclusion is really all about um, and again, so when I think about equity, I think about fairness, right? I think about justice, et cetera. And then um on inclusion is you're at the party because you got the vehicle to get there with equity, right? And now you're at the party. Um, and you have all these people that you don't know, and someone asks you to go and dance right at the party. So you're being in, you're being very included and inviting, and actually part of the event, part of the group, right? Part of the community. So that is a little bit about what DE and I is <laughs> in a really simple way.
1: It's so good, I and mean, you lead, have leadership roles within that within the organization with women, uh, so w- women, women at Cisco. Uh, how did you? Uh, And and as a, as a Christian, you know, how how do you see your role in leadership, not only benefiting the company, but really it's almost, almost an aspect of ministry for you as you are influencing the organization. Can you speak to that?
0: Again, it's just ingraining those values and quite frankly, your own challenging yourself to think in a way that is really aligned to those values um and so bottom line look statistically as i talked about this uh in our in our workshop um when you bring a diverse group of employees together they're more innovative but when there is diversity in your leadership team corporations are more profitable your stock prices go up It's amazing. All of these statistics over and over and over. When you actually have people belong right into the group, and the reason there's a difference there, inclusion and belong, I'll use synonymously. But there's one thing about checking the box and hiring someone in your group, there's another of making that person feel included as part of the team. Now you're tapping into the power and the approach or optimize optimization of, quite frankly, leveraging all those beautiful gifts that the Lord has given them and quite frankly, It's going to benefit your team. It's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit the company and it's going to benefit their family. How can I possibly split my values from job, you know, whether even even day job to, you know, that I get paid to ERG, which I volunteer to while I'm sitting on a board, right? All of those things, it is your ministry. Again, consistency to your point consistency um and so those th- that that thread right that common thread um it just doesn't it doesn't detach so this is where i talk about your strategic approach um should be that you're showing up that way because it is your authentic self and those are those are those morals and values and that is what god is transforming us to continue to be again consistency to a point right we already talked about we're not perfect but consistent i mean we're gonna mess up but if they are ingrained in your heart and you know that if you see something then you think it then it goes into your heart and then an action comes out right so just the consistency is all about having those right thoughts continuing to put the word of God and let it seep from the head to the heart and then it'll come out through the mouth so that's the only way I know how to be consistent
1: (laughs) made a comment earlier about helping people become their best self do you does that relate to what you're talking about right now
0: oh absolutely absolutely I'd consider I mean I've i hope to be or consider myself a serving leader and that's all about that right is um it's almost like holistic coaching um and, and again i i just want to be really clear that you want to respect everyone where they are who they are even with you know all all the things what they believe in you need to respect them because not everyone of course around you is christian um so be obedient And those same values and the same fruits of the spirit will come out and they will see the Lord in you from a ministry perspective. I just think about showing that love of Christ consistently and caring and having empathy is super, super important because then they will see and, um, you know, and, and, and hopefully at that point, seek the Lord, but everyone is on a journey, everyone. So just being also respectful of where they are, um, in their, in their walk and, um, in their growth as a career and professionals and, and what they need and just being a serving leader in that sense. Um, people see something different in you. Um, and that's what you want to exude is that light.
1: You had started with your friend the Employee Resource Group of Christians at Cisco or the Christian Fellowship there. How has gathering or being a part of a community of believers in your workplace benefited you uh, personally? I imagine you found it to be a a positive thing in your life. Absolutely. How has that? How so?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole point of Employee Resource Groups is that you feel like you belong, Mm -hmm. right? So... And and it's not always I mean, employee resource groups are made of a bunch of people just like churches or just like any other, you know, business, and they're not perfect. Um. So sometimes, quite frankly, have I had experiences where I don't belong? Yes. Right. And we're trying and we try to fix that culture. I mean, it's one of the reasons one of the reasons why I got into also the women of Cisco. Right. Um, Is to combat this trend or these you know statistics of like women not supporting women right or having this like over-rotated of bad competitive behavior and so when i saw that in the in my job um, i didn't like that and i thought it was bad for business it's bad for the company it's bad all around you know, it's bad for the person and culture. So I wanted to change that. And that's actually why I got into women of Cisco is I want to change the culture and I want to make a difference and I have to do it first, right? I have to be that, um, change. And so statistically, look, there's still, that happens. You know, I think women supporting women is super important. Um, and so to advance that, but definitely, by and large, I have had incredible experiences and wonderful relationships that are going to last me probably for my entire career. Um, so, and and not to mention that giving back and also pouring into people um, gives me energy. So I get back that energy and I, you know, um, and reinvigorates me of just the you know i know that there's bad in the world but gosh there's a lot of goodness you know there's a lot of goodness and so and i see that and it's it's wonderful um, and i also see that a few people really can make a difference in a lot of these um culture shifts um calling it calling things out in a loving way but calling them out nonetheless is really important because we're not going to see change unless we speak up even when it's trying and even when it's challenging and even when you're, it's not going to make you the most popular. Again,
1: consistent. So good. good. Carl, I want to end with this question. You know, you've talked a lot about it, so it might just be summarizing some high points or if you have a new thought, that's great, but what encouragement or advice would you give to somebody who's looking to integrate their faith and work together?
0: I would say, um, <laughs> I would say, I don't know how you can't <laughs> integrate, but but if I step back and I think about what's the first step to take to that they're probably already doing it and not thinking about it because if you're diving into the word there is no way that that is not going to seep into your heart and so there is probably a transformation but what i would say is um i'm always going to go back to your word so my personal opinion is if you're not in the word every single day and in prayer for 30 minutes getting up before you work you need to start doing that because that will absolutely integrate all of that amazing word of god that is so powerful into your work life you can't not allow that and you will start seeing changes and changes in relationships etc The other part from a, I'll just say, you know, the tactical thing that you can do as well, I guess that's pretty practical as well. But the tactical thing that you can do is um, be okay with, you know, sharing all that you are. Like you, you, you can say, Hey, my name is Carla. You know, I've got, I have got—I have a husband. I have three rescues, two stepkids. Um, you know, my parents come from Honduras. We have a little bit of Latinx and Afro-Caribbean. And I'm a Christian. That's part of who I am, right? And so you don't have to leave, just like you feel like you might, like, you don't need to leave your family out. You also don't need to leave your faith out, right? So I would say start there. Um, because I think it gives other people permission as well to bring their full selves to work as well. So.
1: Carla, that's so good. And I think that is as simple and as basic as it is. It's a reminder of that's where it begins. If We're we're approaching challenges of any sort during the day. uh, the, The Bible will inform us and we'll, um, that's where it begins. Carla, thank you so much for your time today. This has been great. I know it's been, I've been, if I'm looking down, I'm taking notes as you're talking, even though I have a recording to reference back. So good. (laughs) So thank you so much for being a part of this today, sharing your thoughts. I, I really appreciate it so much.
0: Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, thank you for joining this episode of Weekend to Workplace. It's been such a pleasure to be able to have that conversation with Carla. Such great insight that she's able to provide. Hopefully you in living out your faith at work. We love it for you. I'd love it for you to leave a five-star review for this podcast, for you to like subscribe or follow on the platform that you're listening to this right now. It'd just be a tremendous encouragement to us and help get this program in more hands of, of, of people. If you're, if you're looking to be able to find a Christian fellowship at your workplace or even start one, uh, we have resources and workshops that we're building out to help you encourage uh, you to do just that. Uh, We have cohorts of people that are working at various different companies that would love to be able to speak into you and to be able to help train you at no cost, in addition of of being a part of a group of leaders that are looking to do that in their own company. We also have resources and, and points of connection for you to find individuals that are serious about their career or the business that they run and want to be in fellowship with other Christians, be able to encourage them and support them. Uh, We have places where you can get connected to people just like that to form a small group, a prayer group, or just to have that sense of community with others. To be able to find these types of resources and more, go to Saddleback.com slash workplace. That's Saddleback.com slash workplace. Lastly, I'd love to hear from you. If you want to be able to share any feedback about this podcast or about the workshops and programs that we're running, please uh, let me know. You can email me at, workplace at saddleback.com. That's workplace at saddleback.com. It's been a great series of conversations that we're having with people. There's more to come. We hope you join us for those conversations ahead. Have a great week. Thanks so much.